This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. South Dakota is expanding pheasant hunting's horizons and giving sportswomen a greater voice in the field. The connection to nature, the adrenaline of the hunt, the satisfaction of eating the game you bag. Hunting is our shared legacy. Everyone is welcome to enjoy it. Go to HuntTheGreatestSD.com to hear stories from women who hunt and learn what makes South Dakota the world's pheasant capital. That's HuntTheGreatestSD.com. South Dakota, sportswomen welcome. Hello, my outdoorsy family, friends, listeners, new, and the ones that keep coming back. I appreciate every single one of you, and welcome to another episode of Woods and Waters Project Podcast. I had a hard time saying that right there. Too much coffee. So this episode is timed like perfect for me, and what I'm learning, what I'm trying, You'll hear me mention it right away in this episode, but I had just a couple weeks ago got back from a trapping clinic. Trapping is something that I have just started to do in the last couple of years. One of those things, like coon hunting, I never really thought I would get into. Um, Turns out, I kind of love it, and I have a newfound respect for it, but there's a lot of things to figure out, or at least it seemed that way for me. So if you're interested in trapping, want to hear more about it, curious about it, not sure where to start, not sure what traps to get because they're all labeled with letters and numbers and you're not sure exactly what they mean. It's kind of confusing. There's a lot of brands out there. Um, if you're a female, there is a network of females that, that love to trap just, just like you or who are curious about trapping. And this is definitely your episode if you want to find that community and learn more. We are interviewing Linda White, also known as Trapping Girl. 
And we're talking to her about her experience with trapping, how she got into it, what it looks like for her, her advice, and then the company Trapping Girl that she started. Uh, this is definitely someone I hope to have back on the podcast because we just skimmed, I think, her knowledge and what we could have talked about. But we talked about equipment, what she's been through, advice, newer experienced trapper. I think this is a great episode. And if you just want to hear about my experience and perspective, also a great episode. It's just a great episode all the way around. But I can't wait to introduce Linda. And thanks for uh, being here. Here we go. It's wild that we're talking today, uh, actually, because last night was my very first time doing multiple sets by myself, like nobody else there. Um, and oh. I put, okay. <laughs> and I put out some traps uh, uh, last night and checked them this morning. Um, got out of bed, loaded up my dog to ride along with me, checked them. No dice, didn't get anything. I, I just put out DPs today, uh, or to check today. But uh, it was awesome. It was exciting. Um, I was, like, really proud to, like, have done it all by myself, uh, but didn't have any luck um, at all. So, but that's okay. Yeah, what kind of what kind of sets did you put out? You said you were putting out DPs today, or you did? I, I did. I did. I put out, I put out six. I checked set, six uh, traps this morning. Um, and they were all DPs? Yes, they were all DPs. Yep. And you know, so what do you put in your DPs? What do you use to? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this is my first time besides, um, the trapping clinic that I took a couple weeks ago. Uh, this is my first time ever using DPs ever. So I guess like what I say isn't necessarily probably what I'll keep using. Uh, cause this is, is like a first first for me. Um, but I did like cat food with powdered cherry Kool-Aid and uh, the fish, like the triple X fish oil um, oh. and uh, mixed that and then threw in some like fruity marshmallows with it. Uh, a, mm -hmm. couple, a couple of the DPs, uh, I think mice got to them because you could tell they were like a lot of the bait was eaten out of it. So, oh, right. I did pull a couple of them, but a couple, I mean, I just put them in, uh, right before dark yesterday and just checked them at like 530 this morning. So, um, but now it's completely frosted over out here. I live in Eastern Iowa and so those DPs might be a little hard for me to, I have them marked, um, like GPS wise, so I should be able to find them pretty okay, but it's going to be kind of hard to see them now in the ditches, so. Right, yeah. 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 Do you have, are you, do you have them painted white? Is that what? <laughs> no. <laughs> I have them, I don't have them painted at all. Um, 
so they're just like the metal i mean they're just metal uh so they really i mean it takes me a second to find them um but i'm definitely learning as i go here uh with all, with all of this um because i mean i've been kind of trapping uh alongside my my boyfriend really for like about two years um have done quite a bit of beaver trapping with him and uh we've done some canine scent canine sets um but I just really I really especially after the clinic that I just did the workshop I just did uh with Will Thomas um it's interesting how this stuff comes full circle so like I've been an outdoorsman a hunter my whole life uh trapping was not something I was exposed to at all uh not really like at all uh which I find bizarre now like looking back because like my dad used to trap when he was a kid but it wasn't something that he did with us so Uh um and I definitely was one of those hunters which we'll probably like get into this but uh we'll set this all up for the rest of the interview but I was definitely one of those hunters that like really was not a fan of trapping like I didn't say anything negative um I thought it was neat, but, like, I didn't think I could do it. Uh, I thought hunting just seemed more ethical. Like, this is just my perspective at the time. Um, And then after doing it with my boyfriend and then actually what started it was he, when we were just friends, he uh, works at a fur shed part-time and, and, uh, like, flushes them out for a trapper who who sells the furs. And... uh, I wanted to learn how to do that. And he's like, yeah, come here and I'll I'll teach you how to do that. So I actually like started learning how to um, like skin and flesh and a little bit about, you know, like what fur is used for before I ever really started trapping. And I think that helped change my perspective like a lot, like really quickly. Um, And then after going with my boyfriend and really enjoying especially beaver trapping uh, I'm like, yeah, like, okay, I want to do this. And then this workshop that just like opened my eyes even more to learn from someone, uh, completely different to have this group of women that were there that all walks of life, all different experiences and like kind of be taught on a different level, uh, was really yeah, good for I me. So I was so upset that I wasn't able to get there. Um, I ended up having COVID. I don't know if anybody. Yeah. No, Jeff told me that. It yeah. Was there. yeah. But I ended up having COVID. And, oh, it was just such a mess. And I was, I, I was released from my quarantine the day I was supposed to fly out. And that exact same day, my husband tested positive for COVID. Oh, no. And, like, this is just ridiculous. So, like, and I had already told, I had already told them that I wasn't coming because, like, even though, yeah, you're out of quarantine, like, I didn't want it. Like, I felt like that was pretty close that I didn't you know what I mean like I didn't want to spread it to anybody yeah, or no, anything that's like thoughtful and so, like, yeah that's I mean, yeah I just was like oh I'm not gonna be able to make it and I felt so bad because um my friend Nikki was gonna come with me I was flying into Nebraska and my friend Nikki was gonna come down with me and we were gonna help and everything and just was like well I guess these guys are just gonna be hanging out with this group of women <laughs> <laughs> they were awesome yeah. Um, Steve and Jeff were incredible teachers and like, there's multiple things and I'm, I'm sure this is going to like come full circle too, uh, that just like 
that Jeff shared and said, and Steve as well, uh, that like brought a lot of things to light, you know, um, and, and gave you a different way of thinking about things. And like, uh, I just really appreciated it. And it kind of, I'm already like a hyper passionate, insane human being anyway. Uh, so it's not like <clears throat> I needed one more thing. Cause I, I, I more just wanted to like, I, I have, you know, I have bird dog, I, I teach archery and I love bow hunting and, uh, all types of hunting I love. It's like, I, I don't need another, you know, I, and I love hiking and camping. It's like, I didn't need another outdoor hobby cause I just don't have enough time for the ones I love anyway, but I'm not kidding when I say like, I felt something like awaken in me <laughs> when I was doing the trapping stuff. Like, uh, I enjoyed it so much. And I mean, right. I immediately, when I got home, I bought uh, three 550s for myself and then power washed them and cleaned them so they could be ready to go. Uh, so, you know, like that oil's off of the traps. And um, yeah. I, I asked Jeff for, we got a bobcat during the trapping clinic and uh, I took the bladder, the bobcat bladder, uh, so I can make my own lure. <laughs> and I, um, I've been going crazy. Like I have nonstop been like doing stuff and planning and trying to get myself ready, um, for trapping since the season's like almost over here in Iowa. But like I have, my boyfriend bought me a dozen DPs for Christmas. Um, yeah, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I'm rocked and ready to go now in a really short period of time um yeah and so and he and Jeff was telling me all about you and I you know looked you up on uh Instagram right away and was just kind of stalking you a little bit and (laughs) I just I was really excited that you said yes and are you know wanting to uh be on this podcast like I I think the timing's really good because it's very fresh for me um and I, I really want to know your story with it. I know that you're an outdoorsman all the way around. And I would love to hear about, you know, you, your story, uh, trapping girl, like what, what that is about, what, you know, why, um, and whatever is on your heart to share. Cause like, I think, um, sometimes out of all the things with like hunting, I think trapping is like really misunderstood nowadays. Uh, and oh, yeah. I, I would love to hear your perspective and everything you everything you want to share today. Sure, yeah. So my story is probably <laughs> not what you're expecting from my Instagram. Um, I, as a little girl, I was all about doing whatever my dad did. Okay, that was my dad. I just and I still. I mean, he's he's not dead or anything. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say it like that. But I mean, my you know. When I was a little kid, though, it was like whatever my dad was doing was what I wanted to do. And we, at that time, were living in Dubois. So we were in kind of more of a rural area. We've we've moved all over. My entire life we've moved. So I've been in the city. I've been in rural areas. But we were in a pretty rural area whenever I started really taking, like, becoming becoming a person and taking, you know, interest. So four, five, six years old, you know. So I always went fishing with my father. My dad 
loved the fish and actually um, ended up as, after he retired uh, from working with the IRS, he ended up becoming a, uh, uh, in the fish commission. That was his retirement job. But anyhow, um, he loved to fish. So I would always go out with him and, and I'd fish. And, and I'm a talker, so, but I've always been a talker, so my dad hated to take me fishing because, you know, the whole, <laughs> the whole rule is, you know, be quiet because you're going to scare the fish away. And I would sit there and, you know, in the boat as your typical kid, like, here, fishy, fishy, fishy. You know, that was definitely me. Um, when I turned 12, I told my dad that I wanted to go hunting with him. And he said, okay, well, we'll see how that goes. Um, so he took me squirrel hunting first because we weren't going to go through the whole licensing and all this other stuff. If He wanted me to just see if I could, you know, shoot a squirrel, see if this was something I wanted to really do, and then we were going to go through everything. So he took me out squirrel hunting. And I ended up shooting this squirrel, first shot, shot the squirrel dead on. And my dad was, like, ecstatic. Like, oh, she's a great shot. She's got this. I mean, because the squirrel was moving and everything. And he was like, this is perfect. I ran over to pick up the squirrel, and I bawled. Like, literally bawled, made him bury it in the backyard, and that was the end of my hunting until I was in my 30s because my dad was like, we're not doing this. <laughs> like, like, you can't shoot a deer and make me bury it in the backyard. You know, like, that's, that's not what we're doing. So I didn't, I didn't hunt or anything as a kid. And trapping wasn't even something that was on my father's radar, so it wasn't on mine, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> when I met my now husband, um, that was, and, and so I was in my 30s when I met him, and he had, on, on one of our dates, he had said, listen, I'm a, I'm a fisherman, I'm a hunter, and I'm a trapper, and if you're not okay with that, like, we need to, we need to end this before it, you know, becomes something, and I, I was okay with the whole fishing thing, obviously, you know, I, I was still fishing, um, I was living in Erie, Pennsylvania at the time, so lots of, you know, lakes and everything, you know, there, no problem. Um, the hunting thing, you know, I didn't have a problem with anybody hunting. I just, you know, from the experience I had, knew that I was uh, a baby, so probably wasn't going to go hunting, but wasn't wasn't having a problem with it. And then a trapper, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I literally thought he was talking about, like, mice rats and stuff yeah and I was okay if that's what you're into you know um (laughs) like whatever so like I said I was living in Erie at the time and I went back and told my friend who is you're probably never going to believe this but an extreme liberal and against everything but you know we were good friends at the time and no joke, she sat me down, and I watched every anti-trapping video that was out there. So all of your, your well, trapping gets a, you know, a bad light. I had seen everything. I mean, to the point where some of these videos were, I mean, just unable to watch, like where they're skinning a raccoon alive and things, like, just, you couldn't watch them. Like, it was too much. And, and you need a raccoon alive. Like, 
It was. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you ever if you've ever heard about this, but there were um, PETA, and it came out that PETA was behind it. PETA paid these um, Chinese guys to skin a, a live raccoon, just to show that like how cruel we are as trappers. Yeah, it came out that it was in stage. I could never imagine skinning anything alive, like no, anything. Nothing. I could never imagine how that would even work. But whatever. I mean, that's what they were doing, and it was it was the most like, horrible, horrible thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, so absolutely, that's awful. She has showed me all this stuff, and I, I could have been done right there with this guy. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. but I had, I mean, it wasn't like we hadn't been talking. We had, you know, and I thought to myself, like, I don't think this guy is a serial killer. Like, I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. Maybe I, I might be end up in the basement, but for the most part, I just didn't. That's not what I got, you know? Like, not a pretty good read of people. So I went back to him, and I said, this trapping thing. And he is like, yeah. And I go, I want to go out with you. I want to see what you do. And he's like, okay, um, sure, you can go out with You know, no, no big problem there. Um, and, and anybody can, you know, you can always write along with somebody. And that's something I always tell people, you know, if you have any questions about this, if you're, if your thought is, you know, this is something I might want to do, or even I just want to know what you really are doing, grab a trapper and write a lot. Like, you don't need to be licensed or anything to do that. You know, that, that's not illegal at all. So that's exactly what I did. I rode along with him, and when I got in the truck, he said to me, okay, well, if you're going to ride along, you're going to have a job. And most trappers um, who have any significant amount of traps out, that you said you had, like, your traps, you were GPSing them, but a lot of people use just paper and pen. You know, they write down everything, they keep a log, and, and we do it that way. So... That's exactly what he had. And he said, okay, well, I'm going to give you this book, and you're going to write down what we catch, or you're going to make sure I don't miss any stops and anything like that. And I said, okay, fine. And the whole time, I'm asking questions, and he's talking about things, and the passion he had for this was unreal. Like, you know how, like, with certain people, like, you can talk to them, and you're like, oh, this is good. You know, like, Mm -hmm. this is really good stuff. You know, um, that's how it was with him. Like, he just had this amazing life in him while he was talking about it. And I was like, I need to know more. I really, really need to know more. So I had gone out with him a couple times that year, and, um, you know, I was interested. I thought this was fun. This was cool. You know, his, his passion for things was what was really, you know, keeping me there. Um, but I didn't, I didn't get that bug right away. Like, I thought it was fun, but I didn't, I didn't get that, you know, like, like you said, you know, like, I've got that bug. I want to go. I didn't get it right away. It wasn't until he had, he had a set out and it was kind of at the, I don't want to say like a ditch. It was, it was a two-track road, but it kind of had this real big, huge dip in it between two fields. And he had a set in the road in between those two fields. And it had rained, and it had rained, and it had rained, and then rained some more. And it was just awful. So I live in New York now, and, and I don't know if you know anything about New York weather, but um, 
we're, we're either during trapping season, you're either getting rain or snow. I mean, there's no in between. So it's, it's one or the other is happening. <laughs> Guarantee. Um, so it was just constantly raining and raining and raining and raining and raining. And he had a coyote that had got caught and ended up pulling his anchor out. And we got up there. And unfortunately, that's one of the things that, that happens. You know, you hope that everything holds and everything goes the way you want. But unfortunately, every now and then, those things happen. And he had pulled the trap out. And my husband, well, at that time, just my boyfriend, um, you could see the big cat circle. You could see everything. And he walked down there and he said, well, I, I guess we go. You know, like... This sucks, but I don't know what to do. And being a woman, we recognize things that men don't because we pay attention. You know, like guys kind of, I don't want to say every man out there, but in in general, men kind of look at a situation and look at the whole picture where women look at the details of the picture. You know, mm-hmm. they they see, okay, there's, there's a bird and you see that it was a red bird and, you know, those kind of things. So he looked at it, and he said, all right, well, I guess we go. And I said, you know, there's this muddy trail over here. And it went back into this big, bushy, like, weeded area. And he looked down, and sure as heck, that coyote, the the wolfang on there, was stuck between two saplings that when he had ran off, he had had that, those two the, the two saplings there had caught that wolfang, and he was he was there. Now, he could have pulled and pulled and pulled, so I'm guessing that he probably wasn't hadn't pulled out that long. Um, but there was a coyote, and that that's when I got hooked. That is, that's the only catch that really technically isn't mine that I take credit for to this day, because <laughs> he would have left it, you know? Yeah. Like, he unfortunately, he would have left it. And... I do. I, I'm like, that's my coyote. And that was when I got hooked. I was like, huh, well, okay then, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was fun for me. And, and then I went out with him, you know, got my license, all these things, you know. And my husband had been making baits and lures for just his friends and all of that. And um, we would go to conventions. And he decided he, well, <laughs> let's take this back. He didn't decide. He said this would be fun to do, and then he never took, you know, never jumped on it. And I came home one day with a business license, and I came <laughs> home and with a with a logo and all of that. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of your friends coming over and bringing, you know, beer as payment for things. Um, I said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do something about this. Um, so we ended up starting Sawmill Creek Baits and Lures, and. I um, I don't want to say I was super involved at that time because, I mean, I was just kind of trapping and hanging out with him. Um, I had gotten back into kind of the hunting thing, you know, with him because that's what he had done. Uh, and we started going to these conventions as a vendor. And I started looking around and realized there aren't a lot of children and there aren't a lot of women. The majority of the people that were at these conventions were 50, 60 old men, you know. And 
I started really like questioning that. Why is that? What is the reason? You know, um, and and not that there wasn't women that were welcome. There just wasn't a lot of them, and it was kind of more looked at as a good old boys club, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with the perspective that people look at trapping. You know, you a lot of people see trapping as what they see from movies or whatever, you know, and. And we've got to realize, like, trapping and these animals that we're trapping are not what, you know, the movies and what Disney and all of that says that it is. You know, the, these traps are these big, huge things with huge teeth, and that, that's not how it is. And these, and these animals that you're trapping, they're not the, the Disney creatures that you see, you know, like... They are predators. They, you know, they do destructive damage and all of that. Like, but that's not how society in the movies like show them. So, I think that's kind of was kind of a turnoff towards women. Well, I, being the person that I am, uh, my husband, he used to take a young man out with him, too, uh, who he had seen that show. What is that um, mountain men? He had seen that show, Mountain Men, and um, a friend that he worked with said, I have, this, I have this boy, he's watching Mountain Men, I thought maybe if you took him out trapping, you would kind of turn him off to things, and then we could stop listening to this show. Well, Michael took Kyle out, and that made it ten times worse, and he became hooked. So it kind of backfired on Kelly on that one, but... Um, he was doing that, and like I said, I was going to these conventions, and I'm like, there are, like, no kids. Like, there are some, but not really. And I started talking to a lot of different vendors, a lot of different organizations, and that's one of the things that they struggled with was how to get kids involved. And there were groups and events that are out there, but they weren't, like, how do I want to put it? Everything is done by volunteers, you know. So, if you don't have the volunteers, you don't have you don't have the event. You don't have the you know you don't have these things. So, I found out that funding was a big thing on this. So, I started a group called Kids for Catches, and I don't even know if you know this, but I don't talk about it too much. I think on Instagram. So, if you're following me on Instagram, I don't I don't talk about it too much. But I started a group called Kids for Catches, and the whole thing is to help get kids involved in trapping. So we do we do funding for these different events that go out. Um, it's it's all basically volunteered. Um, you know, we collect different things that we would make for kids. So bottles of lore, money, um, traps, all this, and we supply them to all these different events that are already out there. And then help them publicize their event. You know, get that, get people involved. And I don't know if you've seen me on Facebook at all, but I'm, I'm very big on trying to promote those children and promote women. Like, I share a lot on my Trapping Girl page, and we'll get to what Trapping Girl is, but um, of women and kids out trapping to show, you know, hey, they're having fun. This is what they need to be doing. Um, you know, they're learning life skills that 
unfortunately, if one day we had to go back to hunting and and gathering our own food and making our own clothes, they could. You know, that's a, that's a big thing. So um, started Kids for Catches, got that going, and and that's been a huge success. And like I said, with the women, that was the same thing with Trapping Girl. You know, the more I kept looking around, I'm like, I cannot not be the only girl there, you know, and it kind of evolved as what you just said. I started my own line. So I'd been, I'd been with my husband, you know, running around with him, setting up his line, helping him out and everything like that. But I didn't, I was like, you know what? I don't want to just be your pack meal anymore. Cause that's how I kind of felt like here, carry this, go set this over here. Go do, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I, do. I was like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I mean, you're cute and all, but I want to do my own thing. So I started out as I was going to run my own line. Um, And I started doing that and realized there are a lot of struggles that women have that men do not. Like for setting your trap, for instance, you know, you had said that you, you just started setting DPs and stuff. Those are a struggle. If you don't have the right, um, like, I don't know if you have a setter or not, but, I mean, they I can do. be I, I hard do. on your hands if you don't. Yeah, and actually, just to, like, because I'm having this, like, real-life experience right now, you know, like, I'm texting my boyfriend yeah. right before uh, this conversation about just, like, trapping now. I mean, like, this is, like, real life happening to me right now. So I just got those DPs from him. And they're, they're awesome. And the DPs I learned with at the uh, workshop, you know, they've been used a little bit more, so they were easier, but we did use a setting tool for the other ones. But I, yeah, I bought myself uh, a couple setting tools because I know I'll lose one. So uh, I, I bought them and it works super slick. Like I can, I can, it works so good and I'm just much more efficient. Um, But the thing with my, my boyfriend, like, it's like he gets it, but he doesn't get it. Uh, I am like I a strong, it. I am a strong female. I think sometimes too, like I, I power lift. So sometimes I think he thinks like I'm just being a baby. Like if I can't open a trap, um, I think he like puts a little bit of this like subconscious press pressure of me being like stronger. Does that make any sense? What I'm saying like he expects me to be no, it does. to able to open these traps. And I tell him, I tell him all the time, my hands are like my weak point. Um, and, uh, I, I can't, I, most of our traps, I cannot open DP footholds, whatever. Most of them I cannot open with my bare hands. Um, and if I have to do it over and over again, I definitely can't do it. It would take me forever. It, I mean, it would right. probably hurt myself, honestly. So, yeah, well, that's my problem too. Like I have children's hands. Like, Me too. legit children. So my 13-year-old has bigger hands than I do. I have children. <laughs> um, so, like, I can push them down with the sides of my hands, but I don't have the spread. Like, I physically yes. do not have it. So, I, I mean, he was like, Michael was like, well, just set it. Just do it. You're pushing the levers down. Just set it. Like, I can't do it. And he could not. He could not get that through his head. Um, and then there's, like, 
you know, people are like, oh, we'll just step on and everything. I am not a graceful person. <laughs> like, I am not at all. So, um, if you want to, like, watch a duck basically set a trap, that's me trying to set on, stand on them. Like, it's, no, it doesn't work well. So, I need setters. Like, and, and I kind of over the years have figured out how to set a trap without setters if I really, really wanted to. Um, just because, you know, you keep doing things over a while and you're like, oh, if I put my knee here, like I literally like stick my knee almost in the trap as I'm, yeah, it's a good time. But I can do it without others. So, um, but like things like that, when I was on, when I first started out on my own, like fetters, gloves that fit me, stuff like that, um, I was struggling with, like struggling to even find. And because I would go to these conventions and everything is geared towards men, I was like, this is stupid. Like, no way. And that's how, like, my husband, he was so supportive, absolutely so supportive of me going out, running my own line and everything. And he had packed me this bag. And no joke, anything and everything that I could have possibly wanted on, like, it was like MacGyver's bag, like, duct tape and everything was in there. Like, I had it all. Um, anything that you could want on the line, like, I had it. And I, it was like 50-some pounds. And I, like, got to my first set, and I'm like, there's no way I could keep going and doing this. Like, this thing is so heavy, so incredibly heavy. So, like, lighter weight tools, things like that where he it didn't click for him, you know? I'm like, I can't do what you're doing. And that's how Trapping Girl came all about, was, you know, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna start this company where, um, and I actually have a partner involved named Trevor Barnes, um, you know, I, and I got with him because he already is a, is like a supply dealer and everything. So that was kind of my reasoning for, for approaching Trevor and saying, hey, you know, can you help me out with this? And and he knows a lot of people because he does a whole bunch of fur routes and everything, so I knew it would be a good fit, and he did. He helped me out, and we started Trapping Girl, and the whole purpose behind it was to have tools and equipment and stuff for women. I never in a million years thought it would become a community, and it has. Like, it's, Everybody knows me now as, yeah, Linda Linda has Trapping Girl, and you can get these tools and stuff for women. But more people associate it with me as trying to promote and empower women in trapping. And that, that took a little while for me to actually realize that that's what I was doing. Because I'm... <clears throat> I'm all about share, like, on social media, I share what other people are doing. I share women. I shout them out. Like, that's freaking awesome because I know, like, this sounds this sounds funny, but I have seen the increase of women in trapping and wanting to get into trapping. And my husband says to me all the time, he's like, it's almost like they needed permission. Yeah. Oh yeah, I would agree. You with know, that. and there's there's <clears throat> yeah. so many there's so many amazing women out there who have been into trapping for so long. Like, like um, there's a woman up in Wisconsin, Sky. She has been trapping since she was nine and is just absolutely fantastic. You want to follow somebody? She is 
she's definitely someone to follow because she'll release cats and all that. She's awesome. And then down in Missouri, you've got Beth, who she's in her 50s now, and she's been trapping, gosh, all her life. You know, like, the, all, there's these women who have been out there who take it on, and they're amazing. Um, but, and, and nothing, nothing against them. Please do not, do not think that sort of thing. But they have been part of the outdoors all their life. And not that I haven't, but I feel like because I just, like, when I was a kid, I, I was more fishing. I wasn't so much with the trapping or hunting because of my story. <laughs> um, I came from a different view showing women that you can, be that girly girl. You can be that city girl. You can do all that and still do this and still find a place, you know? And I think that I think that that's kind of something that the trapping world was missing until, you know, I kind of came out with trapping girl showing, you know? Like, I don't know if you saw my Instagram page. <laughs> we went from Christmas dinner out checking traps afterwards I had a pair of high heel boots on. Oh my gosh, that was a mess. It was, it was absolutely like so. I like I said, I had had COVID, so I don't really normally. I have a lot more traps out, and I'm running a way bigger line and everything. And COVID really had kicked my butt, so it was down to like I think there was like four or five traps that we still had out. Now I have a couple more out now. I'm up to ten, but. Um, like, I just got over COVID right before Christmas, and so I I didn't have really anything out. If it was extremely close to the house or whatever, that's what I had out. And my husband does nuisance beaver trapping, so we had done him on Christmas Day. We had, we had gone to his nuisance traps first, and my parents still live in Erie, so it's about an hour and a half from where I am in New York. And I was like, okay, well, we'll just... We'll just drive by those traps on the way home, no big deal. And like I said, there was only a couple out, so I wasn't. I just caught something in that in one of those traps that are out, you know, a couple of days before. So I like normally when you only have a few traps out, you're not hitting every day, you know. Like so, I wasn't. I wasn't overly concerned. I guess that oh, we would have something, and sure as heck, we pulled up, and there was this fox and. I've got a silk shirt on with a long necklace and my high heel boots on, and all, and I'm like, oh my goodness! I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is what we're doing. And I saw, um, and now that you say that, like, I saw that photo, and it didn't. Is it the one where you're like a little further back from the fox? Like, uh, maybe. I, I'm not I, sure because, like, I, I, uh, I, and I didn't even. Um, pay attention to like what you were wearing at all I just like like because I'm pretty sure I, I, I looked and liked the picture because um, I mean fox are like one of my favorite animals so I, I know I remember exactly what picture and like the story um, oh no I it. think it's I think it's the one where I was skinning it I think my husband took a picture of oh, me yeah. skinning it because he's yeah. like aren't you going to change and I'm like well I'm already here so <laughs> forget it <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I oh, was, yeah, you're I, wearing, like, and, a green shirt. Is it that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm, like, skidding this fox, but I just, <laughs> but I was not in any way expecting that. But, you yeah. know, what? like, those are things that, that I, I feel like I've kind of opened up in trapping with, you know, like, hey, ladies, it's okay to do this, you know, um, 
and it's been kind of cool, you know, like definitely been kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, it's more than kind of cool. <laughs> I think I think it's like I think it's in I think it's incredible, and I think that um, I think your timing is. I mean, I don't think there's like really any coincidences or accidents, but uh, I think your timing's pretty perfect. Um, you know, like like myself, like my 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 full time job is I I plan um, hunts for Iowa trap teams across the state, and then I also uh, I work on a farm that also teaches classes on like how to butcher your own animals and that sort of thing. And then I have oh, Woods and Waters Project, the podcast, but I teach outdoor classes and I typically, I'm an archery instructor. So a lot of my classes are around archery, bow hunting and bow fishing. And I mostly teach adult women. And why I name all of that off is because what I'm seeing from all three jobs that I have is like, the t- it's almost like men and women both are going through this sort of like I don't know waking up a little bit um and I don't know if COVID kind of has prompted some of that uh the year of COVID of people wanting to be outside and learn skills and that sort of thing but I am noticing um a more of an interest than I ever saw before on people wanting to learn to hunt wanting to learn to cook wild game wanting to learn how to um, clean and process their own uh, animals and meat you know um there's like a curiosity that people are actually like they maybe they already had this curiosity but they're actually doing something with it now so i i would agree like what your your husband said giving permission yeah because you know what i think i think there was a whole bunch of women out there a whole bunch of men women children out there who were kind of just like waiting for something like this and like you gave them a place to like have a voice have a community have a home right because I definitely feel like that with the things that I've been doing and with you having like a specific like niche of like trapping and like empowering women heck yeah like there's not very much of that like there's some like there's some great pages and some great people who are doing um you know kind of the same messaging and I noticed that you guys from what I can tell a lot of you you know really support each other right like it's not like a competitive thing it's like we lift each other up and I I think it's very necessary um like what you're doing because like there are people who like needed this and wanted this they just maybe they weren't going to be the ones to like step forward and do this but I'm sure as heck uh confident that they're glad that you did because now they have like a place to go feel like they have people who understand them look and learn you know from you and other women um yeah so yeah oh, absolutely well I think I think in my opinion what what that has has been contributed to is social media you know you yeah. get a you get a lot of people and it's it can be good and bad you know social media can be used as a great tool and then it can be used as a not so great tool you know and um, when I started putting a lot of my pictures and stuff out there a couple years ago, um, I don't know how much you know about the trapping community, but for years and years and years, everything was hush-hush. You didn't post pictures, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, uh, you didn't tell anybody your secrets, you didn't, you know, 
And and I think a lot of that had to do with because you don't want to give antis any kind of fuel, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you don't want, you know, a long time ago, fur was worth a lot of money, so you didn't want your competition coming out on you, you know. Um, and so I got a lot of backlash there for a while about, I share a lot on social media. I'm a very transparent person. I mean, I... Sometimes I, I share to the point where, you know, maybe I shouldn't have talked about how I couldn't find a place to pee while I was out trapping, so I had to hold it. And, you know, like, maybe not everybody needs to know that. But, you know, it's, it's, part of, it's part of it. And and I think that being that transparent, though, helps. I think that people, while you're scrolling, can say, oh, yeah, you know what, I have those struggles, too. Or... That's really interesting. I never thought of something that way, or I first saw it that way. And I'd like to, I'd like to get involved. I'd like to see how this works. I'd like to, you know, that's. It's it's funny because there's so many women who who message me almost on a daily basis and reach out and they're like, "Hey, Linda, you know, I saw your post on X Y Z. Can you talk to me more about that?" And Sometimes it's funny because sometimes they'll they'll reach out and I'll like go back and look at the post and I'll be like, Oh man, that was such a day. I'm like, We don't need to talk more about that <laughs> you know. Like um and then there's there's other ones where I'm like, Oh yeah, absolutely. But um I think that social media as far as getting you know, as a recruitment tool almost, you know, getting more people involved in, in hunting, trapping, fishing you know, that's, that's been a, a big plus for us. And, and yes, I, um, I see the side of it, you know, unfortunately, of how PETA could take things or how you can twist stuff. And, and I've been, I've been PETA's poster child for a couple times there, you know, um, because of things that I shared and pictures that I shared. But, I also feel that if you if you post correctly and also use your words, you're you're not giving them as much ammunition as you as you think. Right. And you're helping way more. You're you're I don't want to say recruiting, but that's kind of I guess what you want to say. You know, to to the activity, you know, like whether it's hunting, fishing or whatnot, there people you have people who are scrolling through and are like, Wow, that's a great picture. I bet that was, you know, like, and they reach out and they're like, tell me about this. Talk to me about what are you doing here? Why are you doing it? Um, and I have noticed that social media has opened up even those conversations, those tough conversations that you have with with people. You know, like somebody who said, you know, I've, I've always thought that trapping was, you know, you talked about in the post that you released this fox. How is that possible? And and I think to myself, like, what do you mean, how is that possible? Well, don't they have broken bones and this and that? And, like, there are people out there who really think that. And and it takes me back every time a little bit. Every time somebody asks me, like, you know, aren't there bones broken? Aren't there this? Aren't there that? And it, it takes me by surprise that people really still think that. And I'm like, nope, nope, I could, I could totally release that, that box unharmed. Do those things every now and then happen? Unfortunately, that that is the case. You, right now, we have so many 
swivels and chains and everything else on our traps to kind of protect, you know, safeguard against that. But unfortunately, just like anything out there, you know, you get those, those swivels can lock up, this can happen, that can happen, and it can cut an animal's foot or something like that. And that's, that is unfortunate. But I always tell those people who are like, oh, don't they have broken bones and, and don't they, you know, their feet are falling off and everything. And I always say, I'm like, I'm not in the business of trapping feet. You know, like, think about what you're saying. Why would us trappers want that to happen? Why would that, why would that be our goal? We're, we're there to catch the animal. We're not there to catch their foot. You know, like, think about what you're saying. And it always takes me a moment to, like, do you really think that that's what happens? But I think that social media has actually, unfortunately, there's some people out there that you're never going to catch the change their mind. But I think that it has helped some people realize, you know, oh, she's releasing that. Or, oh, she took that picture and I don't see a bloody foot. Or I don't see this. Or I don't, you know, like all those myths that are out there that they think that this is what happens aren't, aren't really what they're seeing. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's such a double-edged sword, too, uh, whether you're talking hunting or trapping, because I, I have this uh, conversation pretty often about... So when I teach classes, um, a big thing that I touch on in every class I talk about is, like, how you show up as a hunter um, because you already have a target on your back. So just being aware of like, you know, it you kind of have to play both sides of it a little bit, right? Like share about what you love, post the picture, talk about it, teach other people, do all of those things. But you do need to kind of be aware of like how you put things out there, um, but still put them out there, right? So you have to kind of like ride that fine line a little bit. Um, and there are certain hunting, uh, pictures like people post that really annoy me. Um, and not because like, I think they're a bad person, not because I think what they're doing is wrong. I think that they're just approaching it in a really way that people are not going to grasp and understand. Like, um, you know, like when you have the whole, uh, the deer is laying on the ground with its tongue hanging out, blood's coming out of it and you take a selfie on the ground with it. I, I hope that doesn't offend anyone listening necessarily, but I, you know, like that's an example of something like, yes, you're just having a good time. You're having fun. I don't think you're a bad person. Do I think you should post that and then post it on a hunting forum? No, I don't. Um, Cause you are making that target that's already on your back even bigger. And the people who are engaging and thinking that's okay are making it, you're making it look to the outside world that you don't have like respect for that animal. Right. So I think it's such a double-edged sword because like a picture taken in just a certain way can like totally blow up and make you the face of um, anti-hunting group really fast, right? And you're going to get that anyway, no matter what you do, but there are some ways to like not, not do that. And I, I, uh, I think that the other side of that that is really hard for me is I, I think especially with trapping um you also need to just like share the realness of it though right like yes huh? the animal is in a trap like because at the end of the day you can't completely care what everybody thinks 
Um, cause you're going to do what you love. And if you're going to teach other people to do this, they have to know the hard part about it. They have to know the blood, sweat, and tears that go into it, the, the risk and reward, right? Like they have to know the truth. So I find it such an in- interesting, like conversation and how to approach it because like you kind of overall it's a positive thing, but it's like, there's going to be haters, right? So if anyone's listening and getting into this, I, I just like to say like, once you get out there a little bit, there's going to be haters, no matter what you do, even if you're doing the right thing, there's going to be haters. Um, but I just, I'm interested in like how that's gone for you, you know, like, um, so I'm glad that you shared some on that because I think trapping gets a worse rap than hunting because a lot of hunters don't understand trapping either. Does that make sense? I guess. Yeah, that's, that's huge. Um, and it's, it's interesting. I actually just did a, a webinar with um, Artemis. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar. Yeah, they've been on the podcast. I, I love them. I just did a, a webinar with them, um, really kind of giving them an intro on, on what trapping is and, and how to get involved and, you know, your basics of it. And, um, you know... <laughs> Not to get political here, but <laughs> you can unfortunately, say that's you want to. <laughs> kind of where we are with with some things is, you know, you have all of these these antis and, and whatnot who are out there, and one of your best ways to fight a war or fight anything is to divide and conquer, right? You know, like yeah. separate everybody. And that's how you, then that's really how, you know, find your weakness and go after them. Well, trapping has kind of become the outdoor weakness. You know, that's, we're going to kind of try to pin everybody on, on trapping. We're going to go after trapping. Once we, once we're done doing that, you know, hunting and, and fishing, that's next. Like, don't think that you're safe because you're, you're not, you know, Um, but that's how, that's how they look at it. That's how people look at it, you know, like. We're going to divide and conquer. So the fact that they've got, you know, some hunters who don't understand exactly what's happening or what's going on, um, you know, that that's that's in their favor, you know. So I, I had a conversation, like I said, with, with Artemis, and we were going about it, and that was one of the things that I had brought up, you know, guys, you really need to, instead of, Instead of jumping on the bandwagon, like, oh, they're not real hunters, or they're not this, or they're not that, and they don't, they don't, you know, care about the animal, and all, like, you really need to know what's going on, because all you're doing is, instead of, instead of being educated, all you're doing is you're helping those people you're against fight your battles. Like, that's, that's exactly what you're doing. You're helping them. Um, and... I was, it was it's a couple years ago um, when I said that I was like Peter's poster child for a group got a, a hold of my picture and they were, they were big on the whole, you know, anti anything really. I mean, they, you know, hunting, fishing, any of that, they were, they were anti anything and they got a hold of my picture and they literally pinned their, my picture to the top of their page for like a month. Um, to the point where, like, my daughter was getting, my daughter was even getting text messages and stuff, like, we're going to come and burn you and, 
in your house and your sleep, and it was awful. It was just absolutely, and I always think it's so funny because, not funny, but these these antis who are so upset that you, they think you're hurting this animal, will then turn around and say, I'm going to come and burn you in your sleep in your house. Like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that, that seems very counterproductive to me. So yeah. you're upset that you think that I'm hurting this animal, so you're going to turn around and take a life too? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if oh, you absolutely. were that upset, you know. So, but yeah, so for like a month I was like PETA poster child. And then I got to the point where it was very upsetting at first, especially as being a mother. I'm a mother of five, and it was very, very upsetting, you know, like, um, cause I mean, they just attacked anything, every, anything that I had put out there, any kind of picture, any kind of this, I mean, it was, everything was just attacked. And then I said, like I said, they were coming after my kids and all that. Um, and at first it really, I was on the defense, you know, and I think all of us, you know, hunters, anglers, trappers, we're, we spend a lot of time on the defense, you know, yeah. and that really kind of change things for me. I was like, you know what? I'm done being on the defense. I'm going to play offense now. So there's a lot of times, and you'll see if, if you read whenever you're looking at my pictures, and I know like sometimes Instagram is more of like just scrolling through pictures, like in the picture kind of thing, and, and we don't really read what's on there. Um, but if you do, you'll see a lot of my pictures, especially if the animal's in a trap. I talk about stuff like what you don't see that that picture, you know, behind that picture, what what actually is happening here? You know, that animal is in a trap, but you don't know that later on I released that animal unharmed. Or you don't know about the other animals that I had taken off that farm previous to that one, and now we don't have the issues of nest raiders, or we don't have, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I talk about those things, because I think it's really important, you know, a picture says a lot, but so can your words, you know, and we need to, that's my thing now. I'm all on the offense. I'm not playing defense anymore. I'm going to talk about these issues before they come attack me. Because, like you said, there are some there are some realities of trapping that are hard, you know, just like hunting. There are some realities of hunting that are hard, you know, um, and I'm sure you you experienced whatever you were at that um, that workshop, that clinic. Um, you know, you're you're very up close and personal with that animal. You get a you get a, a personal touch to it that you don't necessarily get with hunting, because when you're dispatching that animal, you're dispatching that animal as it's looking at you right there. Yep. It's not like when you're hunting and you're you're off and you know. You see the you see the whole death process. You know, you take that life and you see it right in front of you. Where, you know, normally when you're hunting, you shoot the deer, the deer kind of runs off. You watch, you don't see it die. You know, you don't see what actually happens there. And there's a very personal touch to trapping that you learn. I and I think I I think you learn. Maybe I'm I'm wrong. It might just be just me. But you learn what it means to take that life. 
And every time that that happens, like, it's funny because Tina always says, you know, oh, you're, you're a monster. You're anybody who's out there trapping. You feel that. Yeah. You know what happened there and you feel that. You feel that you took that life. You also realize what that life meant. You know, you realize what you've done with the animal, um, all of the different parts of the animal, where it's going, what's happening. You also know, now I don't have a nestrator, or I don't have a predator, or I don't, you know. You can see the fruits of your labors, if it's, especially if it's someplace like, like on where I live. I, I took seven fox, I think it was, right behind my house last year. Okay? I would have never thought in a million years I would take some fox right behind my house, but it is. This year we've got bunnies, we've got geese, we've got, I mean, we've got like the whole forest has like come alive from taking those seven fox that we didn't have. We even have deer back on, on sawmill that we didn't have before from taking some coyotes that were behind here. You know, you see all of that. So for me, as being a trapper, like, and, and nothing against hunting because, I mean, you know, obviously you're taking that life too, but I feel like it's more of a personal touch whenever you're trapping and you really see what's happening and you connect with that animal and, and you feel that. Yeah, that's, uh, that is one of the things that we talked about um, at this workshop that was like really, I really appreciated um, Jeff, uh, Jeff touched on it in particular about, um, uh, you know, a good majority of the women there have hunted, at least some uh, that, that were there, uh, but p- mostly everyone was pretty new to trapping. And <clears throat> what was interesting was, and I'm just paraphrasing, but it was very similar to what you said. And he's like, you know, you hunters, he's like, you don't see this, but this is what is happening to the animal that you just shot, but from a distance. Like, this is what's happening. Because, and you know what brought it up is there was a woman, and I thought it was like, I thought it was so cool that she was there. Like, I honestly thought it was, and I think she at first was like, um, and she was really open about it, but there was a woman who had never done anything even remotely close to this any time in her life ever. Like, she just got her first handgun. Um, I believe she was in her, she kept saying she was older than everybody, so I'm just guessing. She didn't seem the age that she said she was, but I would guess she's in her 60s. Uh, But she, she's like, I, you know, I just got my first handgun. I've been shooting with that, but she's like, I've lived, um, she's like, I, I know nothing of hunting. I know nothing of trapping. She's like, I don't do anything like this, like ever. Um, It's not been a part of my life at any point. And she's like, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And, I, and you know, honestly, this is going to probably be really hard for me. And, um, you know, I'm thinking, like, I think this is going to be hard for everybody. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's going to be none of us have really done this before. Um, and she did. She teared up a lot um, when the bobcat was shot uh, and had a, a really hard time with it. Um And everyone was, like, really sweet and very sensitive to that because I think a lot of us were feeling it, even though it didn't come out in the way it came out for her. Um, I think that most of us were pretty much feeling that way. Like, 
kind of in shock, awe, this is awesome, this is sad, all, all of those emotions, you know? And um, I was just, like, really, I just, like, thought it was so awesome of her. Like, because she, she had a conversation with me before we went out. She's like, you know, this is something I, I'm trying to get outside of myself and do something completely uncomfortable and, and get a new perspective and learn something entirely new. She's like, and I know this is going to be super hard for me. And she just skipped over hunting, skipped over all that, went right to trapping, got a bobcat, you know, watched it get shot. And then that was just really hard for her. But like uh-huh. after that point, um, she kind of like, I don't know, it was just like, it was so cool to see somebody who's like so, so green, like kind of come alive from it and like really soak it up and like get this like crazy understanding and like so much appreciation for it by the end of the weekend. Like, because I know I felt that way. So to see someone who had really no exposure to this whatsoever, like it was so neat. And to have her do it when she's like, you know, 60 years old, um, I just, you know, I I just like really valued that and being a part of her experience too, like alongside of her, because like that is a really hard thing to do. Um, and, and she... I just feel like if someone like her, she came open-minded, so you have to be open-minded first and foremost, but if someone like her with no exposure to that, no experience, already knows, like, this is going to be super hard for her, can do this and, like, listen and soak it all up and walk away with, like, a respect and appreciation, I think we can reach a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, it was, it was so cool. Um, Even though I know it was hard for her, it was such a cool thing to see. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Sorry, my daughter just walked in the back and I'm like, go away. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I agree. I think that it definitely, I mean, and that's that's like very important for people to to think of. You know, like you've got a woman who this is totally new to. This is, you know, out of their realm. Um, and willing to look, to see, to experience, you know, that I think is, is pretty huge and should inspire other people to do the same, you know, like she's willing to see with her own eyes what is going on. And, and from what it sounded like, I mean, I talked to Jeff and and from what it sounded like, um, he said that, you know, everybody was so super excited and so did Jess about, like, trying to later on maybe, you know, running their own line or, or doing something more like this or whatnot. So, you know, nobody walked away from that from what it sounds like and was like, oh, no, this isn't what I want to do. You know, um, it, it really sounded like everybody was, hey, I want to do some more. I want to learn some more. I want to figure this, you know, figure this out. So, you know, for her to walk in, like you said, totally green and then get that out of it, you know, that that should inspire other people to be like, hey, maybe I need to look more into this. Yeah. Maybe it's not what I think. You know, maybe I need to see what actually is is going on. You know, Um, I think that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, I... I thought the whole thing was great and I, I just, uh, 
I think if you, you know, you, not you, but anybody just comes into something with like an open mind and, and listens, like truly listens and observes, you know, the, the teacher. I, we were, I mean, gosh, Wilderness is such a great group of women. Um, the women who came were incredible. Jeff and Steve were incredible instructors. I understand that maybe not everyone gets put in a scenario like that. Like, cause you know, if, if you ever, if you have a bad teacher, if you have someone that, um, is not patient, not understanding, uh, you know, that can go south really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. but oh, yeah. yeah, I, I, I don't, I think nine times out of 10, uh, folks that trap and hunt, even if they're not good at articulating it, I, I think nine times out of 10, like they want to help and teach and have you understand the thing that they love to do. Um, they may not be able to, like I said, articulate it very well, but I, I do think that most hunters and trappers are coming from, and fishermen, like, I think they're all coming from a really good intention. Um, and I think, I, I honestly, I, I know not everything is for everybody, but I, I truly do think that hunting and trapping is misunderstood. Um, and I think it's for a lot more people than people realize. Like, there's oh, yeah. so many people who would be, their life would change in a very positive way um from trapping absolutely. you know oh absolutely absolutely and like just even being able to get out there and see really what it is about like that that's my big thing that i tell people all the time you know it's it's easy to sit you know in your glass bubble and and point fingers and and say hey you know, oh, this is horrible, or that's bad, or blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, it's another thing whenever you go out there and see firsthand from something, because nine times out of ten, I guarantee, especially with trapping, your view is going to change immensely. Mm-hmm. Like, you're you're not, you're not going to sit back there and say, oh, yeah, that, that's exactly what I thought it was. Not if you're against it, because... And I mean, there are going to be some people who are like, hey, this this still isn't for me. But now I understand it. Yes. Now I get it. You know, it's still not something that I feel that I can do. And that's fair. Nobody's asking, you know, not everybody out there to be a trapper. Not everybody out there to, you know, do these things. That's, that's totally fair. But that you're willing to get out there and see what exactly is going on, I think is, is huge for anyone anyone yeah I agree oh my gosh I so agree <laughs> I'm like just nodding uh I I just need to like vocalize that I'm just nodding and agreeing with you this whole time um and I can't and I'm a talker too I know you said you're a talker I'm a talker <laughs> I could literally uh, just have conversations like this all day long um so what just to like I don't know how soon we'll wrap this up who knows but just to like get towards the end of this I suppose uh tell is there anything about um trapping girl that we didn't touch on like um either you know kind of what you're working on now um questions I didn't ask or like kind of the future for it like whatever's on your heart to share I would love to know more about trapping girl so um 
what I'm working on. There's a lot of things. Um, like I said, I, I never expected, like, the whole thought of, hey, women just need some, like, tools to, like, turn into what it has turned into. Um, I write articles um, for the American Trapper, and I have my own column. It's called The She Side. And The She Side has now turned into that at the uh, National Trappers Association convention, we are going to do a women's workshop at the convention. Um, awesome. So that's that's kind of really kind of cool for me. Um, that's very cool. I'm in March going to talk at a, um, a women's summit in Alaska, which is, like, super cool to me. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to Alaska. Um, and they asked if I would come up and, and talk to women um, about trapping and, and just, you know, all of that. So that's kind of super neat. I Do you have need an escort, a bodyguard, an assistant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... You know what? It's so funny. Like, I pretty much have decided that I could probably, like, the whole bottom of the plane could probably be filled with people that I've stowed away down there. How many people have asked me that? <laughs> like... <laughs> I'm like, everybody, we're just going to Alaska. So it could be like a whole group. Um, yeah, no, so we've got that going on. And anybody actually is allowed to come. So, I mean, if you wanted to come to Alaska, check out the um, the Alaskan Trappers Association website. They've got tickets still available for the Women's Summit. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a little different from what you did um, because it's more of like workshops, like, you know, class kind of things. But it sounds like there's a lot of things that probably would be helpful to you, you know, that being a new trapper, what to do, you know, what to look for. And it's not just open to um, Alaskans. It's, you know, to the whole 50 states. So that's kind of cool. Um, I actually am starting a podcast, um, too. And it's so funny because, like, I always feel really weird about telling people this on their podcast. No, because don't I'm like, I don't want to take away from your um but it's gonna be basically talking about women in trapping and all the hard stuff. Like we're gonna talk about from how do you deal with your family life and and trapping because granted most of your most women you know, your family life falls on you. And, and this isn't something, trapping isn't something like hunting where, like, hey, I've got a free afternoon, I can go out and sit in a stand. You know, if you're going to set a trap out, you're committed to that every day, you know? So so that can be hard, hard stuff. So we're going to talk about things like that. We're going to talk about, you know, even, even women who are out there who are like, okay, I was all excited about catching this, you know, bobcat or, or coon or fox, and then... Now I have to dispatch and skin it, and I'm not sure what to do here. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I wasn't prepared for that part of stuff. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, you know, the fear of peeing in the woods and all those fun things. And so that's that's something that I have coming up um, that will start in January, and I'm kind of excited about that because, you know, just like you here, you know, you're trying to to show a different perspective of, of how trapping is and, and trying to shed some light on it. And that's, that was the whole main reason behind it. You know, I started talking on all of these podcasts. I've, I've been on a couple now, and I started talking on all of them. And I I never noticed, 
and, it, and until I started doing this, and like I was been on a couple TV shows and things, I never noticed like you had brought up where even other hunters and stuff like until that, I didn't realize how many people in the outdoors were against trapping. I always thought it was just a PETA thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that's why I was like, you know what? I'd love to do a podcast that was just on trapping, you know, and we're going to incorporate some other, like, women from the outdoors who, you know, do tracking, things like that, but um, it's mainly going to be women in trapping, and kind of the hard stuff that we deal with, um, I'm going to put a, a Linda spin on, you know, like, hey, it's not always it's not always fun and, and glamorous, but you can go out there in a pair of heels, and and a silk shirt and, and get it done. And, and that's, you know, those are some of the stuff that we deal with as, as being women, as being trappers. And so I've got that going on. And just a ton of other little things that I've been working on and, and talking to others about. And I can't really share yet, but <laughs> watch yeah. my Instagram. They'll be coming up. <laughs> Yeah. No. Uh, so a couple things. One, I immediately Googled the event in Alaska <laughs> while we're talking. <laughs> and if anyone's listening, the flights right now, you can get uh, flights for under $600 round trip. So that's, I mean, I think pretty decent for Alaska. Um, yeah. <laughs> also. Yeah. So uh, I, um, I don't, I'm going to like, so it's in Fairbanks. Okay. So yeah. the, the women's, um, the women's summit is in Fairbanks, but I'm going to tell you, so here's what I'm doing. We're, we're flying Alaskan airlines from Buffalo, New York, and we're flying into Anchorage because it's actually cheaper to fly into Anchorage than it is to fly into Fairbanks. We're spending the night one night in Anchorage and then flying to Fairbanks because, so I think for us, to do that, the flight total were like $1,400. So it was like 1200 bucks to go to, for two of us, because my husband's coming. Um, it was like 1200 bucks for us to go to Anchorage, and then like $100 each to go to um, Fairbanks. But if you flew from Buffalo to Fairbanks, it was like three grand. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it was actually cheaper for me to fly into Anchorage, get a hotel, fly out the next day to to Fairbanks than it was to to just fly into Fairbanks. So if anybody is actually like thinking, hey, like that would be kind of cool, totally do it that way. And you can get a hold of me. We can stay at a hotel together. We can all party and it'll be fun. Oh, so, that's awesome. I mean, that's fun. <laughs> no, I, I think that looks really cool. I... Uh... Because, like, not on the trapping side, but, like, on the hunting side, I teach, you know, classes and workshops around hunting. And um, I have helped with the Becoming an Outdoor Woman in Iowa, which is, like, a national thing. It's in um, m m uh, most of the states across the United States now. And, and basically what they do, it's a weekend where women can sign up and uh, learn different uh, outdoor skills. So... I taught uh, bow fishing and, and bow hunting when I did it. And just casual conversation, uh, the woman with the DNR that puts it all together uh, mentioned, you know, like, would you want to go to the one in Alaska? And I was like, you can't tease me about things like that. Like, I, <laughs> like I absolutely uh, would want to. 
and we haven't like really followed up or made that happen because Alaska uh, does a lot actually like from what I've because I've been looking it up um, hunting related like they do a lot of classes out there uh, a lot of yes. workshops and so I thought that was so cool I'm like cool I need to keep that on my radar but a lot of the ones I find out about I find out about them they're like you know a week from the day I see them so it's like well I can't get uh, out to Alaska by then uh, so hearing about you this is exciting. Have your private jet that you can just fly out there? Come on, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. no, I <laughs> definitely not. Uh, and but I think that's so great for you. And also, like, don't be shy about sharing about your podcast and other podcasts. Like, I've had so many uh, podcasts podcasters on this podcast, and I've been on multiple podcasts. And like, I think it's very similar to like that's another community of like we should be empowering and encouraging each other, you know, so definitely don't be shy about that. I think that's awesome. I'm a big advocate of people having a podcast if they have something to say. Um, so I think that's incredible and I'm really excited for you. I think that's really, really cool. Hey, yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm not going to lie. Um, I've been doing all the research and, and trying to, it's so funny that you, we were talking earlier about like, your um your equipment maybe having to buy new equipment because you know got to upgrade and everything and i literally have like five different microphones that i've bought i have like all this i'm like oh it's just on amazon i can return it it's not a big deal like, <laughs> everything. like my husband like every now and then he's like where's it i thought we already had one of these i'm like i know but this is supposed to be better he's like did we know the other one wasn't good yet? And I'm like, no, but I don't know. So, yeah. so it, I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure all this stuff out. So any advice, anytime you ever have, like, you want to send me like links to stuff like, Hey Linda, you should probably look at this. Let me know. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I think it's I'm great that you that. just went for it because like, I would say my biggest thing is like, if I have too many options, it will overwhelm me and I move on because it's like I, I have so many things going on in my life. If I if, if it doesn't grab my attention and I don't have like a recommendation for it, I am not going to do it. So um, I think it's awesome that you like uh, just chose a few things and went for it, though. That would be like my biggest advice, because if you start Googling that stuff and look at all oh the ways God. to do a podcast, it'll like shut someone's brain down because there are so many ways to do it. Um, yeah, it's really overwhelming. I am. So, so I'm kind of that person who like, I get this idea and I'm like, well, I used to wait for everyone else. Like I used to be like, well, I think it's a great idea, but let me run it by this person or that person. And like, almost like I was afraid to be the person to do it. You know what I mean? Like, like I wanted to tell everybody else about it and hopefully somebody else would do it, you know? Um, and then, like, after a while, I realized, you know, I just really need to do this. You know, like, stop stop telling everybody else and hoping that somebody else does it. Just do yeah. it. Yeah. So now I have, I'm, I I think I'm kind of like you where you've got, like, 1,400 plates spinning at the one at the same time because you're like, I have all these great ideas and we're going to do all this stuff. So yeah. my husband has, has told me, I don't even know how many times, like, Maybe we should just pick one thing and just do that. But, like, with this whole podcast thing, I came about it, and I was actually, the reason I wanted to start it is because I was on 
another podcast, and the the person had asked me, so what is your advice to people who are not trappers? You know, like, what is your one thing that you would tell somebody if they're not a trapper, what they need, you know, what they need to do, what they need to figure out, what they need to see, what they need to, you know, what, what would you tell them? And that got me thinking, because afterwards, I, I gave my answer, and then afterwards, like, you know how, like, you have all these, like, 400 things, that you're like, oh, I should have said that. Yeah. Why didn't I say that? Why didn't I say that, you know? Like, and I started coming up with this, like, list of, like, what if, what would be my advice to non-trappers if they ever, and I had, like, pages and pages of stuff. <laughs> and I was like, holy cow. And but whatever, one thing that I kept coming back to was my advice to non-trappers is to get with a trapper and talk to them. And so that's how I came up with, like, you know what? There are, I mean, there are some podcasts out there that are are trapping, but they're all done by men. Yeah. I have not, I've not come across any kind of women's trapping podcast. And... So that was my thought. I'm like, you know what? That's exactly what it's going to be. I, I want to have someone who doesn't know anything about trapping, and we're going to just talk to them about trapping. Or, you know, what are the, some of the struggles? And like like you had said, you know, I, I know that, um, like earlier, and you had, you had talked about how with me, you know, I, I'm out there doing hunting and fishing and everything, and but I wasn't always. You know, that's, that I think is something that is maybe a little different because most trappers that you talk to have been trapping all their life. This mm-hmm. is something that they've all done. It hasn't been until recently that you've kind of seen an uptick in that, you know, where yeah. wives and, and kids are getting involved. Most of the trappers have done this all their lives. And so I'm kind of, I guess, green, you know? Yeah. So even my husband... He, like, there's things that had came up that I had questioned or had just maybe concerned about or whatnot that he, because he's done this all his life, never thought of, you know? He's like, oh, yeah. Um, So I think, like, that's my biggest thing is I was like, I want to do this podcast because I want people to hear from other women trappers out there and maybe even people that... Are, are totally green to it, just like you, you know, hold, hold a conversation from your point of view, you know, like, and that's fantastic. That's where I feel like you really, you know, it's, it's great to hear from all these experts, but these experts have been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there's, there's some guys out there who, and, and ladies, but, you know, that have been trapping since they were nine and, and catch, you know, a couple hundred fox or a couple hundred coyotes a year. And, you know, um, there's there's a gentleman that I've become I've become friends with, and and he's just amazing. And his name is Robert Waddell. And if you ever Google, he did a I think it was two years now. Maybe maybe it was last year. I think it was two years. He um, had a blog. He had this quest for a thousand coyotes that during a trapping season, somebody could actually trap a 1,000 coyotes. And he came really, really darn close. 
he had some hiccups and everything, and I think he was like at nine hundred and eighty-nine or something. Like he came really, really darn close. Um, but like even him, someone who has been who catches thousands of animals and everything, I think they lose sight of people like you who just started out and you've got all these questions and concerns and thoughts and everything that that seasoned, very, very seasoned, successful trapper doesn't think about anymore. You know? Yeah. So I think it's important for there to be a place where, you know, women, new women, you know, getting into trapping, you know, that's my, my biggest advice. You know, talk to trappers, talk to, talk to new trappers. You know, what do they think? What do they see? What do they, you know, the, the seasons, that's great, but sometimes those, those newbies into things really, really open your eyes to stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, gosh, I can't agree with that more. And like, it's hard for me to like wrap this episode up because I have so many things I want to ping off of that you just said. You know, uh, you can like totally like edit part of this out. Be like, okay, so she was just rambling here. We're gonna take that one out. Oh and, gosh, no, yeah. it's been it's great. Totally you can no. totally just like piece it together. <laughs> no, I, I just, uh, it, it's just, it's just interesting. Like, um, my journey with this so far because um you know I'm not saying that every couple's like this or everyone has this experience what it could be hunting fishing related trapping related and you know it could be really any subject but um like for for me right now you know my my boyfriend is is a competitive coon hunter he's a hunting guide he's been trapping um you know uh he's an, a great butcher works at a fur shed. Like he's a very, um, well-rounded woodsman and knows a lot and is very successful. Right. And, uh, he knows how much I love this stuff. Right. So his intent is always to make me as great as I can be because he knows in a lot of things I want to be really great or the best. Right. And he knows that. And I, you know, I really set myself up because I, I've said that to him in certain areas of different things. Like I want to be great at this, right? Like there, there are certain things like I'm good with being okay at, but there are some things I want to be great at. Right. And when I tell him that sometimes it opens the floodgates and then those are the areas that we argue. But, um, I'm just using him as an example because he's a, he's a good sport about it and totally gets it. But like, uh, when I went to hunting, I went to hunting guide school in July and it's broke. It was broken down by waterfowl, snow geese, upland and deer hunting and then dog training. And, uh, he's a snow goose guide. So I did really good on the snow goose day. Um, I was really confident. I've been exposed to it a lot. There was a lot of things I knew that I didn't even realize I knew. And it was, that was such a cool thing. Right. Um, my boyfriend definitely in my moments of like letting me shine lets me shine but because in certain areas of hunting and stuff he is more knowledgeable than me I will like let him take the reins a lot right so going to guide school that was like my time to show what I knew what I've done you know that's like my time 
But when I reflected it back to him on like what I did, there was a lot of things I did that he didn't, you know, necessarily prefer or agree with. Right. Because like he does things a certain way um, and he has been successful at it for a long time. And we kind of butted heads about that. I knew where he was coming from. He knew where I was coming from. But we were just like at an impasse. Like we couldn't we couldn't agree really. So we just had to kind of like let it go. Well, trapping, he's been doing pretty good with that. But trapping is kind of similar. Um, Because of our snow goose situation, I feel like he is really taking a breath and like being very supportive of trapping. Um, Obviously, he got me a bunch of like stuff to make me successful. Taught me how to like flesh and skin animals. Like he is an incredible teacher. Um, Has given me places to go to trap, you know taught me how to use them taught me how to make certain lures like he's all in trying to make me great at this but sometimes when I ask questions or I don't understand something or like what we talked about like opening a trap like sometimes like I don't I have really small hands um like we talked about you know full circle in the beginning of this conversation he can't understand why I can't get this trap without um like a setting tool or something um and I want to try things that he never does or like from the workshop I learned totally different ways to do things that he never does so when I brought that information to him he was like well that's cool that works for them but that's not how we're going to do it and I'm like no 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 that's not how you're going to do it I'm going to go do this by myself and I'm going to try this and like he's been really patient with that but I think it's hard because he knows I want to do some of this solo just to build my confidence not because I don't want to do it with him but just because I want to be capable and proficient without someone there. I want to, I want to learn from my own mistakes. I, I want, I want to, I don't want to lean on him because I will if he's next to me. You know what I mean? So, um, it's been interesting. Like as a, <clears throat> I don't want to say as a female, but like having a partner who's like very knowledgeable in this, but he's very, um, he has his process. He has his way of doing things. And some of the stuff he does doesn't click with me. And it's really hard for him because he's like, he doesn't get why it doesn't click because in his head, he's successful. So I should just do what he does. Right. Um, yeah. His intent is great. I, I'm totally with you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I <laughs> think, totally that's, and I think, and I, I don't want to speak for all women, but if a, if a woman has a partner or a, you know, a father or um, someone in their life that's been doing this and then they're getting into trapping, you know, I, I'm sure they have a similar experience as me because I hear about that a lot. Um, and I just really appreciate the the men and women, the partners that take a breath and take a step back and kind of let, you know, let their people figure this out. And I think, I think it's uh, great, you know, what you're doing, um, especially with Trapping Girl. Uh, you know, I saw like the sets and like, everything that you can kind of buy together to just completely prepare yourself to get out there. I Uh value that so much because like I was saying, you know, if I'm something, we're just talking about podcast equipment. Like if, if you put too many options out there for me, it'll shut me down. It'll keep me from doing it. It'll keep me from moving forward. And I think what's so great about what you're doing is you're making it something that's kind of complicated a little bit at first. You're making it more simple and more accessible to people to like be able to make a decision now and get out there and do something, you know? And like that is what I love so much about what you created because I 
if I hadn't, if I, I've already kind of got all my stuff now, but it took me a while to get there. Um, cause I was overwhelmed because, you know, my, my boyfriend, for example, has some of the best of the best traps, but some of those traps aren't, you know, what I, what I prefer. Um, so it's been, a, it's been yeah. hard and I, I just think it's great what you've done. Truly. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So it's funny that you were talking about like how, um, you've had some struggles with him and everything like that because, so we didn't even talk, talk about this. My, my traps are pink. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I probably do that. So we didn't even talk about that. But I have, I have pink traps. So like, even like with my husband, like, I don't do anything that he's taught me, and it drives him crazy. Like, I mean, I do do some things, but not, there's not a lot. Because, so, my husband is, he is super supportive. Like, you probably could not find a more supportive person. He is a horrible teacher because he doesn't have any patience at all. Like, <laughs> he's just, and and he's better whenever it's not somebody he loves and cares about because, mm-hmm. like, like for me, because he's so supportive, he wants me to be successful. He wants me to this. He wants so, so it's like, don't question anything. This is the way the way you got to do it. This is what's happening. Let's do it now. Come on, let's go. You know, like that's how it is with him. Um, so when I started, I like. I researched everything. Like, I would go to different demos, and I would see how different people would do things, and, like, all of that. So I picked up a lot of stuff that he doesn't do. And not that he doesn't do it because it's wrong or it's right or whatever, you know. Like, everybody, this is a big thing. Like, find your niche. Find find what works for you. You know, granted, we're all putting a trap in the ground, sticking some kind of bait lure, whatever there, and our hope is to catch the animal. The whole the whole behind it is the same. But there is different processes to how you can do things. Um, so I researched all that. So I don't do hardly anything that he does. But my traps, for instance, a lot of people wax and dye their traps. I spray paint mine. And all of my traps are pink. Now... Everybody thinks it's because I like the color pink, and I do. I like the color pink. But the reason I really spray paint my traps is because I'm pokey. I am so freaking pokey. Um, my husband can walk out to his set, check it, be halfway back to the truck before I'm even halfway there. Like, I am a pokey person. I look around, <laughs> see what's going on, what's happening. Oh, I didn't see this. Like, I'm super pokey. So, for me, with a pair of binoculars... I can look across the field and see my trap stuck up out of the ground or not stuck up out of the ground. So I don't have to go up to my trap every day. Like, I can see from afar when they're painted like that. So, like, even things like that is not what he does. Um, So it's just funny that you were saying that because there's so many different techniques, so many different things that you can do, and none of them are necessarily wrong. You know, if they work for you, and you're successful at what you're doing, then it's not wrong. You know? Yeah. And that's a big thing. And I think that's even, like, in hunting and fishing and everything. You know, like, we've got people out there, and you'll you'll follow them or watch them or whatnot, and they're, you know, they've got this rod, and they've got this stuff, and, and you're like, oh, i got to go out and, and get it all. And then you realize, like, oh, I can't use this, you know? And that's why we put those kids together. It was just kind of a... 
a small like, hey, these are things that a starting kit that will kind of get you started, but it's not meant to be your actual kit kit. You know what I mean? Like, this will get you started. It'll get you out there. You can learn your own techniques and you can build from it. But just like you said, you know, too many options. But get you out there started and everything. So... Nope, I, that's, and I'm so glad you brought up the pink traps. Like, those are one of the things, like, I was thinking about when, I love it. Like, I think this is a great way to, because that is, like, what you just said, just to sum it up, is really what this podcast is about, um, is the different perspectives and understanding there is not a one-size-fits-all, and there are different ways to do things that you love, and there are, like, we should all be like supporting and lifting each other up. And if we are successful and we're ethical and we're safe and like, we should just be encouraging that, you know, of each other. Um, and I, I, I think that's awesome. I, I am so grateful for, for you in this conversation. Um, the timing, you know, selfishly, the timing is so perfect because, you know, all I'm, you know, a lot, one of my hundreds and thousands of thoughts I have in my day, about 50% of those right now are around trapping. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, just like thinking about, um, like right now I'm ticked off. Well, it's starting to melt away, but like we just got a complete frost over, you know, I just checked all my traps. Um, it's going to be a little tricky uh, getting to some, I hope, I'm hoping they're not like frozen to the ground right now. Um and just crappy weather for me to like go check them but I'm I'm excited and I have a couple more supplies I need to go get like some peat moss and some salt and <laughs> I need to go get a couple things but um I'm just amped up and like this has been great and educational for me and I'm definitely going to be cheering you on along the way so thank you again for for being a part of this I appreciate yeah, it yeah absolutely and as your uh your your seasons go write down all your questions and just be like if you want to send them to me or say hey I haven't I have all these questions why don't we do another podcast and we'll just go over them all but yeah that'd be great <laughs> yeah oh my gosh I could but, totally see us doing another one in the future and especially as you get your podcast up I would definitely I I, I want my my listeners especially the ones that are into trapping to know um what you got going on. I'll definitely be listening. And so we'll definitely have to ch chat again for sure. Sounds great. Awesome. Absolutely. Well, have a great new year and thank you. Thank you. Um, I just, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for being here and part of this, this family, listening to this podcast, supporting it. I'm so appreciative of every single one of you until next time. Get out there.